accomplish the major goal because gifting alone is not enough. <laughs> Somebody say gifting is not enough. I know we've been talking and I know I've been telling you that you're fearfully and wonderfully made and that everybody has a gift and that God has uniquely gifted you and that you should be building your gift for the body of Christ. But I submit to you this morning that gifting is not enough. Paul is talking this morning to a Corinthian church that is highly gifted, but they are highly dysfunctional. They have many of the gifts, but they have problems among themselves because they can't seem to get along. There are divisions among them. That people are operating in all of the spiritual gifts. And Paul, as he pens this letter, he lets them know something important. He says, yes, you're gifted. Yes, you can speak in tongues. Yes, you can prophesy. Yes, you have words of knowledge. Yes, you have words of wisdom. But here's the thing. You have a missing link. And if you don't add that link, it is no good. For God means for us to use the gifts of the church for his glory and for the building up of his kingdom and the edification of his saints. Paul lets us know that these gifts should be used and accompanied with an action that has been missing from the Corinthian church. And that missing link is love. There are many churches and many people across Christendom which attain many things and they are very gifted, but they never reach the full potential of what God is calling them to because they do not add love to their giftings. There are people who have an anointing to sing and to bring in and usher in the presence of God. But when you talk to them day in and day out, they can't get along with anybody. So their gift is hindered and it cannot solidify the church and build. There are those who have gifts to speak and those who have all sorts of gifts but their gift takes them where their character cannot keep them and you need more than just a gift you need more than just an innate ability because God can use anybody he chooses we see with Balak and Balaam that when God wants to get a message across he will even pull a donkey to the side and make a donkey talk if he needs to get his message across so the fact that God is using you does not mean that we should get beside ourselves because we are able to walk in a gift because if we don't have love we are simply wasting our time <laughs> what is love love is an action expressed outwardly through an unselfish biblical lens love is not selfish love defers its own self-interest to the self-interest of the other person when you use gifts gifts will not make you proud if you use them in love because you realize that all you have is simply just to serve the body of Christ so what I'm glad that God has given me the ability to project I'm glad that God has strengthened my etymology and put a few different words in my vocabulary. I'm glad that God has given me the ability to translate and transform the word of God that he has given me and projected to his people. But if I don't do it in love, I'm wasting my time. I'm glad that we have a wonderful praise team, as you see, that, that will help us to usher in the presence of God and, and make us aware of the manifest presence of God that is already here. But if you don't do it in love, you're wasting your time. Love is a consistent response unaffected by the reciprocation of another. Well, I say that in plain layman's terms, Brother Barry. What does that mean? Love doesn't look for anything in return. There are different types of love, but the agape love that God is talking about says that I am here to serve and I'm not looking for anything 
in return. When I serve and when I show up to church, I'm not looking for anything in return. When I pay my tithes or my offerings, I'm not looking for anything in return. When I serve and clean the church or when I pray for the sick or for the poor, I'm not looking for adulation. I am not looking for congratulations. But from the depths of my heart is gratefulness, realizing that God loved me when I was yet a sinner and I want to use the gift he's given me to be a blessing to the body of Christ. (laughs) Love is not self-seeking. Jesus says in Luke chapter 6, verse 32 through 33, he says, If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Sinners do that. For the world has a system of quid pro quo, which is Latin for this, for that. I'll do this for you, but you have to do this for me. (laughs) I'll do this for you, but you have to do that for me. And if I can't get my way, I will cry. (coughs) I will be a spiritual baby. Do you know that there are some people who have gifts in the body of Christ and their local body of Christ is suffering simply because they don't operate in love because they sung a song and somebody didn't tell them how good it sounded. (laughs) Or they cleaned the church and nobody ever said thank you. (laughs) Or they gave a big large sum to the church and nobody bowed down and said, oh, you're so wonderful, you have some money. Whatever you have, I've come to let you know you only have it because God gave it to you and it's not yours. You're stewarding it. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. So whatever you, amount of money you give doesn't get you brownie points with God. You are simply doing what he is requiring you to do. It is a simple act of obedience. And all of us, no matter how rich, no matter how poor, no matter how gifted, all of us are on the same playing field. For God is no respecter of persons. All of us in here are the same. All of us in here have the same worth and value. We may have different roles, but we have the same goal. And Jesus is letting us know through Paul this morning that how you do matters just as much as what you do. You have a gift and God's given you culinary arts and you can use that. But every time you cook, nobody in the kitchen committee wants to be around you because your attitude is nasty. Well, then that gift is not going to be effective because you haven't done it in love. You have good food, but a sour attitude. (laughs) And what could be used to heal is then used to divide. That God is calling us to put the missing link to whatever we do. I want you to give. Robin and I, God has blessed us to be generous givers. Give all you can because God has loved and given all you can. But when you do it, do it in love. Do it with the right reasons. Do it with the right motives. And Brother Dave is about to fall out. But if you don't have the right heart, just don't give it. Brother Dave saying, don't do that. No, if you don't have the right heart, if you don't have the right motive, just don't give it because God loves a what? Cheerful giver. And God, just like God gave it to you, he can give it to somebody else and God can bring people in the door with the right heart to do what he wants to do because the Bible said that the Lord is in the heavens and he does whatever he pleases. <laughs> so when we serve, we serve with love. Love is choosing to say to somebody, I'm busy today, but I'm going to put my agenda to the side to serve you. 
Love is choosing to say that nobody may ever know what I've done, but the Father who sees in secret will reward me openly. God, love is, is saying that nobody will ever know the countless nights of toilets that I cleaned or homeless people that I fed or people that I prayed for. As a matter of fact, those people may not even know that I prayed for them, but the truth of the matter is that the Father who sees in secret knows my motives and he will openly reward me. Somebody can't understand why you should should be losing everything but you're still blessed you know why because the father sees in secret see we judge people by outward appearances and what we know about them but just because you know somebody's actions doesn't mean you know their heart wow it's amazing that david did so much dirt but god still used him why he said because he's a man after my own heart you see what david did and you judge david based off of what he did but i judge david based off of who he is that when david would mess up david would say create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit that his heart was right that's the missing link in the world today <coughs> our heart posture isn't right if our heart posture was right, we wouldn't find ourselves talking ugly about people. If our heart posture was right, we wouldn't be posting ugly things about the president, Democrat or Republican. Because the Bible says that we should pray for those who have rules over us. If our heart was right, we wouldn't be so negative and openly critical. If our heart was right, we would be there to serve and play our part in the community. If our heart was right, churches wouldn't have people that were critical and criticizing all the things that were done in the church because everybody would be too busy serving in the church. Hallelujah. Why is this link important? That because without this link, what can be helpful can be destructive. Rather than unity, loveless gifting can cause division and it can tear down. Loveless application of spiritual gifts will point to stewardship of those gifts. In other words, if you don't do it in love, the gift will point to you rather than point to Christ. So it's important for us to know that if we're going to properly use these gifts that you're looking at on your page, that prophecy can bless the body. Prophecy is not just foretelling. We often think of it as fortune telling or foretelling, telling things before. But it is actually in its original language, forth telling. The word uh, propheteuo says this, it means to foretell. In other words, what God has put into you to bring it forth. You are witnessing prophecy right now that what God has put in the annals and the pages of the scripture, I am forth telling. That is prophecy in itself and in a New Testament form. Prophecy is something that builds up and prophecy is something that is encouraging and prophecy is a direct word from God. How do you know that prophecy is going forth? Many times if you ever sat here while the preacher is preaching and said he doesn't know me he doesn't know what I'm going through but somehow it sounds like somebody's been having a conversation about me in the back room that's because God sees and God is downloading and God is inspiring what they say sometimes they don't intend to say what they say they end up doing something different why because God directs them because they say I have a message for you just to let you know that I'm real just to let you know that I'm listening just to give you direction that prophecy can be used to build up but if it is not done in love it can be used to manipulate and to control 
There are people who try to use prophecy to try to control what people do and how they act. That is not God. We have to be realized that as Lester Summerall would say, everything that God does, Satan counterfeits. So for every gift God has, Satan has a counterfeit to it. God is the Lord of hosts, the Lord of heaven's armies. And the Bible says that Satan has principalities and powers. He has an army of his own. You have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you have the beast, the false prophet, and the Antichrist. Everything that God does, Satan counterfeits. So we must make sure, guess what? Satan doesn't exist where there's love. So to make sure that Satan doesn't get in your fellowship, you should put the missing link in that where love is because God is and God is light and the Bible says in him there is no shifting shadow so where light is darkness can't be so if you interject God and God is love therefore you have interjected as Jayla said this morning light into your church and the enemy won't have a chance to get in We look at miracles and healings and as people use those, those are not designed to bring people to us. That's not designed for us to sell our miracle water so people, we can make money off of it. And people who are needing a miracle and desperate will, will use their resources just to be manipulated. No, healings always give glory to God. When you see miracles in the Bible, you will see and you'll look when you go home through these notes that many times those miracles happen and people believed and were saved because of those miracles. God God creates miracles and the miraculous to give glory to his name, to bring sinners into repentance, to bring people to him, to be a sign to unbelievers because believers need to believe. He says, oh, foolish and perverse generation, always seeking a sign. In other words, you should be, if you've been in the body of Christ for a while, you shouldn't be needing to be uh, looking for signs and all the things that you would normally be looking for. Lord, if this is you, uh, uh, let something fall off the wall right now. Well, that fell off the wall, but that might have been a sonic boom, Lord. Let this flip over and do that. If that, that's you, you should have walked with God long enough to know his voice, that you don't always need miracles and signs, that sometimes God may divinely heal, but sometimes there are things that you have to go through with. He tells Timothy, now Paul, who, who has healed many people, Timothy's been around Paul. Timothy has been around people that they put them in the streets, and you'll see that in your notes, that they walk by just so their shadow could walk by and heal them. But Yet you see in the book of 2 Timothy, rather than get a divine healing, you hear Paul tell him, take a little wine for your stomach's sake, for your infirmity. Why didn't he just heal him directly? Because sometimes God is sovereign. All times God is sovereign. And sometimes he does not choose to heal when we want him to. Why? Because his ways are higher than our ways. And we can't understand everything he does. And we don't know everything he does. And if I could figure out God, I wouldn't want to serve a God that I could figure out because I would be equal to him and we are not equal to him. I want a God that I can't understand everything about. I want a God that I don't know everything about because that means when I'm at the end of my rope and at the end of my understanding, there is somebody sitting beyond that understanding that can give me hope and that can give me guidance that I don't know, but he can help me. I'm so glad that I serve a God whose mind is unsearchable. His, his ways are unfathomable as far as the heavens are from the earth, so his ways away from mine. I'm so glad that I serve a God who can't be controlled by me. 
Sometimes we use prayer to control God, but you can't use prayer to control God. God is not your genie. You have to pray according to God's will in the name of Jesus. And if the sovereign Lord decides to do it, he will do it. Sometimes he will heal you. And then sometimes he'll say, my grace is sufficient for you. So it's important that as we minister today, as we begin to learn these spiritual gifts, that our motivation matters. Everybody say that, motivation matters. I am so glad to see each and every one of you here today in this church. It does my heart good to see you. But I ask you a question, why are you here today? What made you come? Motivation matters. Why did you show up? Was it because you didn't want to get a phone call and have to explain where you were? <laughs> I know it's not because you showed up early. We started early today and you still showed up. I'm, I'm not fussing at you guys. You're the good ones. But we always must ask ourselves why it is that we do what we do. See, I'm going to close and leave you with this, that oftentimes if you cook a cake, and I told you I'd get me some bread and some two sticks of butter and some a little, maybe a little salt and a little vanilla and, and pour some flour in it and get those things going, and I kept going. After a while, you said, well, where's the sugar? I said, well, I'm making a cake. How are you going to make a sweet cake without sugar? It's not going to emulsify. It's not going to do what it needs to do right, and it's going to be spongy, and you won't be able to eat it, really. Uh, but, but I say, but I got all the other ingredients. It looks like a cake. It acts like a cake, but you're missing something, and therefore, although it looks like a cake and acts like a cake, it's not a, it's not a cake. There are many people who have something that looks like a marriage and it acts like a marriage, but it's not a marriage. <laughs> because you're selfish on the inside. You have a missing link. You don't honor one another. You seek your own way. You seek to have your own way. There are some people that have relationships that look like a relationship and act like a relationship, but it's not really a relationship. Because it's missing an ingredient. There are people that have things that look like a family and sound like a family and, and on the outside, but it's not really a family and it's just not been tested through trial. When trial hits it, it falls apart because it's missing an ingredient. When I was little, they told a story of the big bad wolf. And he would come and huff and puff and blow houses down. And there was no state farm. And he kept doing it until he got to somebody who realized that straw wouldn't work alone, that he needed more to his ingredients. Maybe you can mix those straw with bricks and make mud and make brick, and then you'd have something that he couldn't tear down. I ask you today, think about your marriages, think about your relationships, think about your lives, and ask yourself, if I'm not getting what I want out of my marriage, am I the missing link? Am I not loving and not receiving the love that I need. If I'm not receiving what I want from my church, what am I not putting into it? What love am I not giving? For love is not a feeling. Love is not an emotion. Love is an action. Love. People stay together a long time and they love each other. And it's not because they feel good about each other because if you've been married any length of time, you know that you have thought a couple of times about how you can make your way to Mexico. 
but it's not a feeling. It's an action. God is calling us today to interject the missing link into our lives. I'm going to challenge you today as we close to interject that missing link to your marriage. Go into 1 Corinthians 13 and say, do I always seek to have my way? Am I always bringing up the past? Am I keeping records of wrongs? Am I always rejoicing when people fall that I don't like because they don't have the same political persuasion as of me? Maybe, just maybe, I have a missing link. And if I have a missing link, guess what? The good news is that link's available to you today. Bow your heads, close your eyes. God, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy and for your word. Help you, O oh God. Help us, O oh God, to search our hearts and our minds and really consider where love is missing in our lives so that we can apply it in every part of our lives and receive the fruit that you called us to receive, not for our benefit, but for the benefit of others. And we'll give you all the praise and the thanks. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Today, I'm going to do something different. We started a little earlier today. I'm going to have some people in the prayer team at the back. If you need prayer in that back corner, you can go for prayer there. I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to dismiss you. I'd like to thank all of you who came early today, and I'd like to let you know that God loves you. He loves you. You may not hear that much, but you need to hear that. Somebody needs to hear that good God loves you. Now may the grace and peace of our Lord, Savior Jesus Christ, rest, rule, and abide with you. That the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to smile upon you and be gracious upon you. May he lift up the lightning of his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You are dismissed. Tell somebody you love them today. <laughs>